Hey everyone, real quick before we get into the episode, um, one, this is going to be the first episode that is posted uh, as a video form onto YouTube. Um, once I like, in the future, get more of a setup here and I can start doing in-person podcast episodes, um, I plan to have like all of them be put into video form, and it'll be like a little easier to see uh, our conversation when it's in person, but for now, these will be the Zoom clips of the episodes that I recorded. Um, also... For this episode, um, if you have not watched the previous episode of my conversation with Tanya, um, one, do that, and then come back to this episode. But two, um, the first, I believe, uh, eight minutes of this episode is actually the eight minutes of the last episode. I couldn't find um, a good spot to like cut where the last topic we were talking about <clears throat> was fully wrapped up, but then... The next topic we were going to talk about, like, had good context onto her background and stuff, and I wanted to make sure that um, all of her background was kind of in one spot. So, first eight, eight minutes of this episode will be the same as that. So, if you wanted to um, re-listen to that or skip ahead to see the new stuff we talked about, then, yeah, it's up to you. But, hope you enjoy the episode. Yo, everyone, welcome back to the Freestyle Podcast. And for today's episode, I'm going to have... Um, an awesome guest on just an amazing individual who has really helped me out a lot in my life and my physical recovery um that is coach tons the real ton yeezy um <laughs> tanya of movement society and basically tanya was my um my previous uh, physical trainer and just the first person who i ever got to um, get some information from on essentially how to train my body better as a dancing athlete and uh that's what Tanya has dedicated a lot of her life into, and that is what Movement Society, um, that she is a co-owner of, uh, that's what they do. Um, they're a physical training group, and a big part of what they do and big part of the movement that they are pushing forward is uh, getting the idea that dancers are top-tier athletes and should be treated like such. Um, getting the idea out into the public and essentially just proving it with their methods of training really just like reopening that eye to respect for all types of art it was just an awesome conversation we get into that when um it was really nice to hear tanya's background this was the first time we ever got to like really talk to each other um so coming from a situation where like she was someone who was helping me out it was really nice to see where she actually came from and everything like that so hopefully you guys all enjoy if you yourself lurking for any sort of physical training, um, especially for my dancing peoples out there, please, one, give this a listen and listen to all the facts she's spitting out here. Um, and two, I have some points. <laughs> and two, <laughs> check out Movement Society. They really focus on every single aspect of um, things that go into your life that could adjust your physical goals and adjust where you're going with your body and everything like that. So, um, I'll link all their stuff as well as um, where you can find Tanya in the description. So check them out. Let me know if you guys have any questions or anything from this podcast, any comments and kind of stuff like that. I love talking to anybody about anything that, you know, goes on on here. Like I meant to touch on this, but like we kind of just like started going. But um, mm -hmm. what is your dance background? Yeah, uh, I started dancing when I was 11, like 10 or 11. It had to be like in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And I started at a dance studio. Um, I did like ballet, tap, lyrical, 
jazz, mm-hmm. hip hop, you know, like um, <laughs> whatever that meant at that studio at that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I did that for, I mean, up until I was almost 17. And at that time too, I was in a, com- um, a junior com- a junior team in the community. So that was also like choreography based. And that was like the first time I was really introduced into like the dance community. Cause before that I was just strictly studio. And, yeah. you know, my passion really does lie within contemporary and ballet movement. Like that's like, that will always be home for me. Mm-hmm. But as I got older, um, you know, I did Marvel's dance company which was my junior dance team in the community. And then I moved forward and then I got into teams like, um, also I'm from LA everyone. So like, just to kind of put that in perspective, I was like on teams like uh, IVL, which is Ivy League, um, they've disbanded, but then also on uh, Team Millennia, uh, Rogue Makers. So I kind of like was in a few different teams just to kind of learn different styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was never one person to kind of stay in place. I always liked a change of pace. I always wanted to feel challenged um, in that sense. But uh, my dance community journey ended in um, 2016. Uh, And then from there, I moved to San Francisco to finish school. And I was like kind of dancing in in and out there. I think being in San Francisco helped me realize how much I loved dance, like and how how much I took it for granted Mm -hmm. while being in SoCal. Because, you know, like to be very transparent when I was dancing, I like beginning years of my life, like it was very fun. I loved it. I was young and hungry. But towards like my college years, I focused more on the partying. I was there to like show up and show out. No, honestly, and just like dance and I'm sorry, not dance, but party and drink and, (laughs) you know, think about when the next event was, you know, and I never tried hard enough to be a better dancer Mm -hmm. because I thought I was already a good dancer and I was already on these teams and, you know, and that's all I needed to do. And then I ended up leaving to San Francisco and I was like, damn, like one, (laughs) like I kind of suck now. And two, like, fuck, I really miss dancing. Like I took that shit for granted. Like in SoCal dance is, is everywhere. You can take class anywhere pre COVID, you know, like it was so available that like, I was just like, "Hmm, whatever, maybe I'll just go tomorrow, you know? And then Mm -hmm. when I got to SF, like dance was very limited. You had like one studio and you had to drive like an hour to get there. And Mm -hmm. I was like, but that was a time when I made that change. And I was like, I'm going to drive that hour to get there because I fucking love it. Yeah. And, you know, it took me moving away and me being getting taking my resource taken away for me to understand what it is that I want from dance and how I wanted to move forward with it. Mm-hmm. So when I actually came back from uh, San Francisco, I started uh, dancing out in L.A. because I thought I wanted to be a part of the industry. I wanted to um, audition and stuff. But that's when also my chronic injuries started to really flare up and be very transparent in my life. And I didn't know how to navigate that and then also try to be um, a part of the industry either because at the time I was training in uh, Cameron Lee's mentorship, which I was very fortunate to be accepted in. But uh, me being very timid back then, I was very scared to tell them about my injuries because I thought it was gonna be a cop-out to not go into rehearsals because Mm -hmm. why, when you're growing up dancing, any injury you had, you were told to suck it up and put it to the side or that you were lazy and this was an excuse to not be, not to go through this run through, you know, you were always like shamed for being injured or sick. You know, like that was always yeah. secondary. Your health was so secondary. So that was so ingrained in me that I basically just dropped out of the uh, the mentorship and just um, uh, just kind of stopped following my dreams with dance, to be honest. And uh, that's when I started heading more in towards like the fitness realm. And I realized what fitness could do for me. And mm-hmm. then 
what what I could do with fitness to help other dancers kind of get out of that mindset. Um, and then that kind of led me here now where I am actually dancing more than ever because my body feels that much stronger and I'm finally re realizing that the industry maybe wasn't for me, but I can still be an artist in my own way. So mm -hmm. um, taking classes, learning on my, not learning my own, but learning on my own time and um, learning from teachers and mentors I've always looked up to and creating and just having fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. That is like <laughs> the coolest like um, story to find out, you know, what, what your love is really. Um, yeah. What got you into like fitness into, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fun story there. I used to use fitness time. as, um, uh, I used to use fitness as a way to, I used to look at fitness as only aesthetic, aesthetic purposes. Um, if there was, so this is going back to my party days, yeah. if there was a, a rave event or, you know, I'm going to Vegas or something, like I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym for the next two weeks and lose like 10 pounds. Nice. <laughs> you know, like that was literally my mindset. Like I only used fitness when I thought I needed it, which was if I needed to lose 10 pounds in two weeks, which is also not possible, you guys. And if it is, it's very unhealthy. Nice. Um, and I was having a very unhealthy with uh, relationship with fitness generally because I only used it when I thought I needed it. And when I would go in, you know, I had a lot of ego and I would lift really heavy when I wasn't training often, uh, which I ultimately very much contributed to my chronic injuries on top of like, you know, the dancing. But um, that's when I started to get like physical therapy and it kind of just shaped the way I looked at fitness, that mm. fitness doesn't have to be this bodybuilding, aesthetic pleasing um, uh, focus or perspective. Like it could be more functional. Mm. It could actually help me with my day-to-day -day life. And I don't have to squat 200 pounds on my back. I don't have to deadlift 300 pounds, you know? Like I, it taught me to put my ego aside and really focus on my body and my mind and my actual health and understanding what that meant mm -hmm. and it took me a while to get there like even then like you know I wanted to lift heavy it was like a constant battle of like oh but I'm so used to training like this but I know my body needs this but like you know where can yeah. I fit in both and um um but that's when I started working with offset med which is Scott I know your other um, your physical therapist after me that I recommended you. Um, they really helped shape the way I looked at fitness and what it could what it could look like for me and um, and how it could help me. And that's where I got into working with Carl. Um, I was mentored by him and he showed me the ropes of strength and conditioning, took me in and then, yeah, now I'm part of Moon Society and this is my journey here. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But I would definitely say that like, it was like, it started off as like, what I call the traditional um, trainer starter package is that like you focus on aesthetics and mm -hmm. bodybuilding and then you like morph into like more functional fitness da, 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 da. and ultimately it came down to me just wanting to live a better life and mm -hmm. I wanted to move better I didn't want to move in pain anymore I wanted to dance and that was a big thing for me too I was like I know if I want to dance long term like I have to invest in fitness health and wellness mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, I was just curious, like, what got you, um, like, because that's what you went to school for. So I was like, what made you 
wanted to go to school for that. And that is actually not what I, that, that I did not go to school for that. <laughs> actually. I mean, I don't know. I uh, went to, yeah, no, no, no. I went to school for history, actually. I studied oh, history. Really? Okay. That's what I got my bachelor's in. And fitness was always like in my life during that time. Um, but it wasn't until after I graduated trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life was I was like, okay, what makes me happy? And it was uh, fitness. And it was, I knew that I wanted to take my experience and be able to provide that for other people and other dancers. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sorry for assuming. Yeah. That is my first time. Oh, no, it's like, okay. Oh, no, no, no. That's your job. So I figured. This is literally our first board. time really getting to know each other. So it's all good. <laughs> like, it's okay. That seems like complete opposite history. <laughs> Was yes, that were it you was, just like uh, really passionate about? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I uh, so like with school, I always had a very on and off relationship with it as well because I was so integrated with the dance community and very caught up with the partying and dancing. That school is mm -hmm. very secondary to me. I spent four years at a community college. I was studying PR, marketing, and journalism, and I had finally transferred to San Francisco State to study journalism. I got there my first month, and I fucking hated it. I was like, this is not what I want to do. I wanted to transfer back to SoCal. I also wanted to switch majors because I just knew like it just wasn't for me. So I had to really sit down and think about like, one is school for me and two, uh, what is it that I want to do? What makes me happy? Mm -hmm. I knew I had to finish school because it would make my parents happy. So ultimately I was like, I'm so close. Like, let me just finish it. But I'm just going to finish it with something that I enjoy learning about. I may never use it, but I enjoy learning this shit and it's gonna make my two years go by so much faster. So I um, I knew I loved history. I knew I wanted to be, like when I was younger, I wanted to be like in um, politics. Also being in NSF, it's a very heavy like social and political climate out there. So I was very invested in it. Mm -hmm. um, I had wanted to become a history teacher to, to teach history in a different light in high schools because you know, when you're in high school, you're only taught America's history yeah white colony <laughs> history um it and comes. I yeah and it wasn't until college I realized I was like wow that's not what history looks like and I was like that that would be so cool if I can take this and bring it into high schools and junior mm -hmm. high schools you know um and then when I graduated college I had a lot of self uh self-doubt went through a lot of like imposter syndrome and I was like I can't I can't become a teacher like who the fuck would even listen to me like like how, how dare I think that I'm capable of teaching like kids, you know? Mm. Um, so that's where like a lot of the tug and war, I spent a year figuring out what it is that I wanted to do. And then I ultimately came over to uh, becoming a coach, which essentially is teaching just in a different light. Yeah. And um, science and history, very different by the way. So a lot of imposter syndrome within being a coach in um, the fitness realm as well, but nothing that I wasn't, able to overcome and still working through yeah yeah that's so cool <laughs> that's even like more um like on the nose with especially everything that's being more brought to light now um how Absolutely. obvious it is that a lot of things we just weren't taught properly like <laughs> of course i want to apologize again to all my history teachers uh <laughs> <except> <laughs> it was the dumbest thing ever i'm like I Dude, don't care right? about none of this and I think my most impactful history teacher was this guy named Mr. Wallace, right? And I hated history. He knew I hated history, but I, I was only, I was one of the only two black kids in his class and I wanted to leave advanced U.S. history, but he didn't let me. 
yeah he didn't because he was the chair he's like nope you're gonna stay in here and you're gonna learn about history <laughs> and then I got like a d in the class but <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go to regular but he didn't let me because he was a black teacher too and he's like yeah especially you you have to know about history like genuinely yeah. um yeah. I didn't learn anything as I said yeah. I got a d but I now I now understand his intent um a lot better um so and then seeing um seeing like your transition from like doing history stuff to doing fitness and then kind of seeing more of the history aspect kind of come back is like a uh it's like a cool loop <laughs> yeah it's like a full circle to be honest because really though. even though i'm you know like it's awesome that you remember that teacher mr wallace because like even though you didn't do well in that class and there are so many classes i didn't do well in either right but mm -hmm. i loved the teacher like because you just knew they meant well they were they cared they were passionate mm -hmm. maybe you didn't realize at that time but you look back and you're like damn yeah he, he did care that, that, like <laughs> that, that guy had my best intent like had it had my best intention you know and it's like and that that laugh is you know like you never you may never remember what you learned in that class but you remember how you felt you know mm -hmm. and i think that that speaks volumes and as a coach that's something that i strive to be too not just focusing only in fitness but in other other realms that i'm passionate about which is you know um politics the current social climate history in its own and you know fighting fighting racism uh being being upfront in in the game of like you know not the game but in the in the movement of like woman empowerment i work in a very male dominated industry you know so to be on the forefront and try to push this movement and allow other women to be a part of this and not only women you know representation really matters and one of my mission is to really bring inclusion within the fitness industry no matter who you are no matter how you look like and really create this um this space for them because as you know like the fitness industry is very uh binary specific but it's 2021 yo and there are so many people who are non-binary you have your lgbtq plus community who can't find their place within fitness because they don't feel safe because mm -hmm. it's just so misogynistic at the same time you know so i really want to be able to open this door and open this gateway for other people to find their place within fitness and let allow them to understand that it doesn't have to look one or the other you know it's mm -hmm. really whatever you want it to be and it's however you want it to help you because there is no one straight way with fitness it's again, whatever it is that you need and whatever you can take away from it, that experience is yours. It doesn't have to look like what it is on social media. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I always, um, especially like in college, whenever I'd have my friends, um, since like I was a dancer, most of my friends were girls. And mm -hmm. most of the time they, they would just 100% avoid gyms at all costs because yeah. they feel like one, they don't want to get bulky, which isn't like going to have it's not like you're gonna go to gym one day you're gonna come home and you're the rock right. you know like yeah <laughs> you, you can definitely stop at a point um yeah and then to just like um one uh, well two not knowing what to do i guess um mm -hmm. to where they'll go to the gym for years and then not see results because the only thing they were doing were elliptical machines and yoga classes yeah and then like or like butt exercises non-stop you know, <laughs> I was like, well, all my friends were doing, I'm like, why don't you work? Well, shouldn't you work on like everything else? And they're like, no, right. I'm, I go to the gym, I take my yoga class, I do ellipticals for two hours and then I do butt lifts and then I go home. 
I don't know why my abs aren't showing. I don't get it. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was definitely one of those people, so I can fully <laughs> relate. And it, and that's a thing, right? Like everyone starts somewhere, right? Don't mm -hmm. be ashamed of like where you start, but it's a matter of like being open and being willing to be, to feel like a beginner and willing to ask questions, right? Yeah. But in today's society, it's like, you're, you, you don't really get an opportunity to ask yeah. questions. Like no, no one, honestly, no one's going to be there to hold your hand and be like, Hey, do you need help with something? Right. It's like, at this point, it's like, if you want help, you have to ask for it. Yeah, you if you want to learn, yeah. And you have to be okay with being uncomfortable. And that's like a huge thing that I'm also learning, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's even harder, especially for, for women to go into like working out environments because that's something I, I didn't understand. I'm like, just mm -hmm. go, just don't, you don't have to know what to do. Just go in and don't know what to do. Like that's how yeah. I started working out. Like yeah, when I started working out, I was like a hundred pounds in high school. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to just flop around. It's like, figure some shit out. Um, and yeah, I had no idea about like how toxic it can be, especially um, in like more populated, like inner city areas um, that like, there's just tons and tons of people. So it's like things kind of just go less checked that um, yeah. aren't okay with like, uh, yeah, just like being just like uh, annoying women a lot of times oh in gym. absolutely and I, you know, <laughs> I I'm don't like, understand it <laughs> me okay thank you like me neither I'm like if you see something say something that's like the thing that like drives me crazy I'm like how how do we just leave it unchecked why mm. because it's like someone else might say something like some, so like I, I don't need to say something because someone else would do it no like we need to get out of that mindset or the other mindset it's like oh I don't want to I don't want to cause any trouble because like I don't want to put myself, I don't want to insert myself into that situation. It's like, if you wouldn't want to be in that situation, do you think that person who's being a victim also wants to be in that situation? Yeah, really so help them out. You know, whether you are a man, a woman, or whoever and however you identify as, like, everyone is a human being when it just comes down to it. And everyone knows what it feels like to be uncomfortable. So if you can understand that, and if you see someone being uncomfortable, or you even think, even if you just have like that niche of a feeling, like help them out. Yeah. Be something, say something. And especially nowadays, you know, like society is going crazy out there. Motherfuckers are crazy. No one is safe. Yeah. So it's like, just look out for each other, you know, like. I, I don't know why it's so hard. Yeah, I didn't like fully grasp until like I worked at a gym for I think a year yeah. when I was um, in college. And yeah. I had this one experience. It was like a week into my job, right? Mm -hmm. um, my, I, I worked at the front desk and like um, my coworker, um, like she was talking to this guy about like, you know, our deals or whatever. And then like he asked if, um, if we had some kind of bar or something. And then she walked away to go like find it because um, it wasn't stocked. And then he just looked at me and said, like, man, she got a fat ass, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I just looked at him and I'm like, is this a this is really happening? Yeah. I was like, uh, do you need help with anything, man? <laughs> and and then when I told her that, he she's like, Yeah, he always does that. And she's just like, as just a thing with with this person. And I'm like, oh, and then I just see like that type of extremely toxic um environment constantly happening and um especially in my next job and how right? it's like just encouraged yeah and it's just like there and I, I didn't know what to do like I I should have said something to him but I'm like I'm 18 I don't know what the fuck's going on this this right. adult just right. came in <laughs> 
and, and just like said these these explicit words to me and you're like i was oh, like oh okay. sure bro <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um and then in my next job like i worked in um in my campus center there was like this game room um where like we had pool and like games and stuff like that and um basically like i was inside it was in a like front desk type of situation me and my female co-worker and anytime i left there would be like four different guys who would always come up and just like constantly talk to her, like asking her for different things for absolutely no reason to the point where like she started asking me to walk her to elevators. And I'm like, oh, sure, why not? I didn't know what was happening until like one, one of the guys who she literally like, she kicked him out of the game room and said like, yeah, she like, she filed a complaint on him. He wasn't allowed to come back. And then he came back and like, because I was just there and then he asked me like, hey man, what's her problem? <laughs> I was like, she doesn't fucking like you. Please leave. <laughs> and like read read the fucking room, man. I'm like, what yeah. is so hard about I have so many questions on on why it's so difficult to understand something. And that's one of my I'm like, literally, she's not like, how can it be so difficult to understand like her avoiding you is her not wanting to fucking talk to you ain't nobody playing games man nobody's playing games she's straight up saying i don't want to talk to you yeah you know um, and yeah that was something that's like because i because i didn't have to experience it i don't understand yeah. what's going on i'm sure i contributed to it in a lot of different ways and it's just like oh wow i didn't know that type of stuff had to happen or like i, I right. didn't know that's it doesn't have to happen i didn't know that stuff right. had to happen to you so much for you to be able to get over that hump so right. like going back into like into gym culture, which is like the just the conglomerate of testosterone fueled bro energy. Uh, mansplaining. Yeah. Mansplaining <clears throat> is a big one too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just lived inside of a bubble my entire life. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Like I appreciate you. Like, and it it takes a lot to like say these things out loud. You understanding where you were in the past and how you're trying to work on it now yeah. you know that that's a whole different block part for you to yeah. actually like realize that because a lot of people don't realize it and don't try to you know it ends up coming down to us women uh being the ones who are just too sensitive too emotional um if we don't like something then we shouldn't wear that you know if we don't want attention then we shouldn't wear that we shouldn't be stretching on the turf trying to attract male client like male men you know and it's like how about i'm just trying to fucking cool down from my workout you know really like um, you know um yeah i mean it's everywhere yeah but it's like it's like but it's like what are we doing about it right like just talking about it is one step and then actively stopping it when you see it is a whole nother thing too and i hope mm-hmm. that you know we can all make steps moving forward in that in that way in that direction yeah um the more that like I started to um, realize, oh wow, what I'm doing is like genuinely annoying because like I've I've hit on girls in the gym and like yeah. I've um, seen I've seen a girl like she genuinely needed help though like yeah. she was squatting way more than she possibly could yeah. she genuinely needed help yeah. and like I don't know I I, I recommended she like um, put keep her heels down because she was like doing deep squats with like her feet up so and her knees were like in in so like she genuinely needed Ooh. assistance yeah yeah yeah. and but then like um going up and like i i, I was like uh what did i say 
basically I was trying to oversimplify it and like um, I was giving her wrong information. So I was mansplaining to her too, even though like she was, I knew she was doing it wrong. I also did not have the information that I needed to like yeah, giving yeah, anyone yeah. a recommendation. Um, yeah. And then I like looking back, I'm like, God, why was I so stupid? <laughs> I don't, because <laughs> now I can see like, why would you even do that? But it's like, well, I don't you know, know your, your intentions were there. I think it's all about the intention, right? You wanted to help her and it's just how you deliver it yeah, yeah maybe really you look is. you look you look back and you're like yeah maybe i did mansplain a little bit but you know what your intentions were were honest mm-hmm. and you can always just learn from that and be like i could have just said it a different way i don't think there's any harm going up and being like hey like um i saw that you squatted like this and i just wanted to see if i could help you you know like there's so many ways to go about it and again i know everyone's always like it is sensitive to some people and it can upset people being like i didn't ask for your help but again if you're like, my intention is just to help you and you're clear with that, like, there's no issue with that. But you come in being mm-hmm. like, you're squatting wrong. Go ahead and do this, this, A, B, and C. And I've had people do that to me and I'll be like. Yeah, that was literally me. Like, like okay, you know, <laughs> but you learn from it. So that's different. You yeah, know, again, fine. you're Teenage like owning Phil, up. Teenage Phil, different person. <laughs> Teenage Phil, yeah. Teenage Phil, whole different person. <laughs> <laughs>